I'd like to take a second to uh, acknowledge Anthony Causey and his family. Uh, I know it's a very tough time for, you know, his family specifically, but also everybody else in the media. Um, there's a lot of things going on out there that people's lives have been turned upside down. I think it's important we keep in perspective as we talk football through this call that there's bigger things going on that ultimately what we do is, is entertainment and the means of escape for people dealing with much bigger issues. So, you know, with that being said, I'd like to go ahead and start answering any questions I can for you guys and uh, fire away. Hey, Coach, Chris Bizzignano, Giant Side. How you doing? I hope everything's good. Good, good. How you doing? Coach, question for you. You know, a lot has been written and talked about, about how a new coach like yourself in a program might be a little behind because of the OTAs, you know, being canceled with the virus and all that. Uh, maybe you could get into a little bit about how you plan on catching up once, you know, you get into a, in the building, you know, as compared to, uh, like, a Doug Peterson who has had his system in place for years. You know, all we're concerned about at this point really is getting the foundation laid through whatever means that ends up being. You know, we've been preparing for this now for some time for these uh, meetings to go virtual, to be able to communicate with our players through the conditioning program and have everything set up that we can work with them. Look, I think the advantage goes to whoever's best prepared from this point forward. I don't think any established program is going to have an advantage over anybody else. It's how you can find a way to communicate with your players and deliver a message. Whether you've been in the program for years or not, everyone has changes to their system. Everybody has uh, everybody has changes to what they're going to be doing in the off season. They're going to have the same challenges of communicating to their players. Thanks, Coach. Coach, Joe, it's Tom Rock from Newsday. Can you can you just kind of take us through what Monday is going to look like and and how that's going to work with with the players? Yeah, so I'll tell you what, uh, you know, without going too many specifics in terms of what we're using, we're using some virtual meeting software, like most everyone in America is, like my kids are in the kitchen right now taking virtual school. And we're going to start out with position meetings. We're going to take our time of going through and making sure that, first off, all the players are sound and set up on how to use the software. Before we get into too much of the football, we want to make sure everyone knows how to use it and where to find all the information. Monday is going to be a lot like a first day back in the building you know, through a regular spring program. We want to spend some time with position coaches. We want to make sure the coordinators get a chance to address their room. And I'll have a chance to talk to the team for the first time. So, you know, before we get into all the X's and O's of football, there's an important, an important element of just getting to know the players and them getting to know us that has to take place. Hey, Joe. I'm curious, with regards to the NFL draft, because this yep. is such a unique offseason in the inability to develop players in a hands-on way, does that impact your evaluation in the draft and maybe the need to draft a guy who is more pro-ready or guys who are pro-ready versus somebody who requires more hands-on development early? No. I think that when you're looking at players in the draft, first off, you're always looking for the best player available. And to me, that means long-term upside. If you think you're taking someone who's so on pro-ready, what all these rookies find out the second they step in the building is none of them are pro-ready. That's why they need the spring program. That's why they need training camp. That's why they go through growing pains as rookies. To me, it's about finding the upside in the player, of looking down the long scope of a career and seeing who's going to be the best player with the most upside for you. There's really no short-term fix or band-aid. You're not going to pick someone in this draft and say, okay, we answered you know, an issue there. It's just bringing the best guy available and then work with him every day. No one's a finished product. 
whether they're a, you know, a college guy getting drafted or someone who's in the league right now. Everyone has to improve to get where we need to be. Coach, this is Patty Tanner. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. I, I just uh, follow up on, on something here. Um, you have uh, members of the staff. You were also in the league at the lockout when there was some uncertainty. And I'm just wondering, in this day and age, with no telling when we're going to possibly have uh, you guys back on the field and whatnot, are you, how flexible do you have to be in terms of the teaching and you know, getting these guys ready to go so that when they hit the field they don't miss a beat? Well, this is definitely a fluid program, first off. And what we're dealing with right now is a lot of uncertainty. So we have to control is what we have the ability to control. For us as a staff right now, you know, we're looking at just making sure we get the installs in the way we want to get them in and make sure that whether our players get back to us this spring or not, they've got a solid base on the knowledge of our program that when we start truly practicing competitively in training camp, that they've got a good head start on it. I would say there's a significant difference between this year and 2011. And first off, I'd like to point out in the lockout, the biggest difference was our players' ability to train and condition themselves to be ready to practice when they return. And when you think about it, you know, at the time you had Drew Brees bringing the Saints down to New Orleans to throw. You had Colt McCoy took the Browns down to Austin, Texas. Travel was accessible. These players had the ability to go to a gym, you know, in their local town and train to work with trainers. That's been removed for the most part, across the country right now. And the biggest thing we've got to make sure that we adjust for is the ability for our players to be prepared physically when they get back. When you track 2011, which is the last year we didn't have an off-season program with the players, the injury data is what it is. It's the highest in recorded league history, especially in recent years. And that was even with the players training on their own as hard as they could. The tough thing for a player is to really get pushed through football movements and prepare themselves for practice. So we have to make adjustments that when we finally do get the players back, hopefully sooner than later, but we have to make sure we practice the right way and give themselves a chance, give the players a chance to condition their bodies and be physically ready so we can avoid injury. You know, that's, that's really our top concern right now is, you know, football-wise, making sure the players can physically prepare their bodies and we can give them the resources and tools to do so that when we return to play, everyone can play safely and aggressively. Hey, Joe. It's hey, Joe. How are you doing? Hey, Joe. It's Paul Schwartz from the Post. How are you? Um, thank you for Good, those. Uh, I don't. Good. Thank you for those nice words about Anthony Causey. Um, can you take us through a little bit? I mean, you're working remotely like so many people are, um, in a house, with a family, with kids, first-time head coach. I mean, what is that like for you? Um, is it difficult? Is it um any technical glitches, any, you know, family uh, emergencies you got to run out to do. Tell, tell us what your new normal is like now. You know what? The new normal for me is my office just moved to my basement. And I operate out of my basement, you know, same work hours. I would hold if I was in the office, up early, stay late, make sure you get everything done. You know, we still meet on a regular basis as a staff, you know, whether that's, you know, offense or defense or as an entire staff, or strength staff, whatever it is. But we're meeting through, you know, online virtual meetings. And I'd say, look, we, we have technology that's allowing this to be very functional and productive. And there's been some adjustments by everybody, but that's our job is to figure it out and move forward. You know, one thing I'll tell you that I'm very confident is when we start dealing with the players, there's no generation of players that's been more prepared for this offseason than the ones we're going to deal with now. They're very technologically savvy. 
they're going to have a lot of uh, feedback that we're going to get from them that we're going to rely on in terms of how we can improve our meetings through what helps them. So everybody's adjusted. I think it's the worst thing we're dealing with right now, to be honest with you, is working out of our basement. We've got it pretty good. Look, there's a lot of people out there right now who don't have jobs to go to with the situation. There's, you know, police, fire department. There's nurses who leave their, you know, house every day, leave their family behind, and they're putting themselves out there to protect us. So I think there's people we have to acknowledge, you know, with the right perspective, having a lot tougher than just a bunch of football coaches trying to function and get ready for an offseason and a draft. Hey, Joe, it's Matt Lombardo. Hey, Matt. I'm curious, this is obviously suboptimal for a second-year quarterback learning a new system. Uh, is there anything being done behind the scenes or plans for when you guys can get back together, whenever that may be, uh, to help get Daniel up to speed and, and really guard against him potentially falling behind learning a new system without on-field reps and in-person coaching you guys will be able to get? Well, I'll tell you what, really for all of our players, everyone's on the same, you know, in the same boat right now trying to start from scratch. What we've been allowed to do right now by the league is, you know, we've had contact with our players, but everything's been non-football at this point. We just want to check on them and their families and make sure everyone's safe and healthy and if there's anything we can do to help them in this process. You know, we want to make sure that, you know, all of our players and our families really have the access to our medical team so if something comes up, we can head that off before it becomes a major issue. In terms of the players football-wise, we've been able to give out iPads and we've been able to load information on it, but we haven't been able to have any instruction or interaction dealing with football. Now, on Monday, that's, that's different. We get to go forward virtually with it which will be a big advantage getting to meet with the players face-to-face, you know, or so to say, and start dealing with the players. You know, in the meantime, you know, the players have looked through what's on the iPad. They've watched old film. They've had a chance to look at playbooks, which they've been loaded up. Uh, but really, Monday is when the instruction and teaching starts, and that's what we're looking forward to. Joe, Joe uh, Bruce Beck from WNBC-TV. Um, Coach, now that you've had a little chance to at least evaluate your team, even if it's from a distance, even if from video, could you give us an idea of what you think of the the current team that you have? Well, Bruce, I'm excited to work with all the players. We've watched them. You know, and again, we've seen them from a distance is the key way to say it. We've watched them on tape. We've watched them from afar. You know, most of the staff was on other teams last year, so we've watched them from an outsider's perspective. You know, we're really anxious to get them in our building and work with them, put our hands on them. You know, Bruce, it wouldn't be fair to really give a true evaluation of anybody that you haven't worked with. But I can say this, we're excited to work with every player that we've had from the previous roster and the new guys we've added to this roster right now. You know, we're looking forward to going to the draft. And, listen, we're all kind of tapping our foot right now, just anxious to be able to have any kind of exposure of players that we can. But when we start going virtually, it'll give you a great insight into the players as to how they interact with the meetings, you know, how insightful they are with the questions they ask, how current they can stay on the information, you know. And that's what we're really waiting for. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Dan Duggan. Yeah, you're a first time as a head coach going through a draft process. Just curious, what's the biggest thing you learned uh, from your time in New England about their approach to the draft? I think it's about evaluating the players. To me, the biggest part of the draft is evaluating the players, not for what they've done in the past, but for what they can do in the future. And you've got to have the foresight to see how their skill set can really add to your team and how you're going to use them. The biggest thing I take from you know my time in New England is just how to look at the player and find what their strengths are and then see how you can use them for your team's advantage. Coach, Joe, it's Ralph Macchiato from SNY. Um, I, I know you haven't had a chance to see these guys up close and personal, but you added some key free agents in particular, 
three guys on defense, Bradbury, Martinez, Kyler Fackrell. I'm curious what you expect they'll bring to the team and why you felt uh, you wanted to add them to the roster. Well, I expect everybody on the team to bring a level of commitment all right, and competitiveness that's going to make us an improved team. And that's what I expect from them. I expect when they show up to be in shape. I expect them to be ready on the material that we presented to them. And I expect them to come out in the field and compete aggressively every single day. That's what we expect from every one of our players. So whether it's someone who's on the roster last year, someone we added you know, in free agency, or one of these players we had in the draft, that's the expectation of all these players, to come to work every day with a relentless effort and attitude all right, and improve this team. Coach, it's Patty. Hey, Joe. Joe, it's Jordan. On, uh, how you doing, Joe? Hey, how's it going? Hey, Joe, it's Jordan. How you doing? Oh, hey, Jordan. How's it going? Hey, uh, good. I'm just wondering, There's a, obviously you guys are at the top of the draft, right? You're, you're picking fourth. There's a player like Isaiah Simmons. One of the, the things that people talk about, and even teams that I've talked to have talked about, is sort of like the positional value argument, right? Of yep. Whether when you look at a player, the premium position, you know, like quarterback, offensive tackle, how much does that play into an equation for you? How much do you consider that part of uh, the evaluation process? Say one more time. You kind of jumped out of my phone. Say one more time for Jordan. Okay. Uh, this really is a positional value argument. Isaiah, a player like Isaiah Simmons does plays linebacker or safety, wherever you, you, you envision him. Doesn't exactly fit in like a, what people consider the premium positions, right? The, the quarterbacks, the left tackles, uh, you know, the, the edge rusher. I wonder how much how you sort of view the positional value argument, and and, where, and how much does that play into the conversation that you guys have on draft picks? I think it matters only in how they fit into your system, and how you can use them to expand on your system, Jordan. To me, it's you know, every player has to have a level of versatility. I don't care if you're a one-position offensive lineman or you're the quarterback. Everyone has to have versatility within their game to adjust to different game plans and schemes. You know, to me, if you find a player who's at great impact and has the upside, that's a guy you want to really add to your roster. You know, the upsides are the biggest part of it. So in terms of is it someone who has to have a true position home, to me the position home is going to be defined by how you choose to use them. And that's really up to us as coaches to be creative and maximize their strengths, you know, and not talk about what they're not, but figure out what they can do for us and help us win. Coach, if I could go back for a moment to the to the preparation and whatnot. All the free agents I think you signed this year, you or members of your staff have had um, some kind of uh, past history with. How important is that in integrating that prior knowledge with what you're trying to build in terms of maybe having these players serve as group leaders and stuff? You know, I don't think we're looking for any players to come in and be ambassadors, you know, or to raise the other players. We added players to our roster we think are good players. Some we had previous exposure with, some we didn't. Uh, but it's a small league. Whether you're coaching a player, coaching against them, or watching them on crossover tape every week, you know you know the league. And I believe all the players we added have a great deal of value. I believe they're all going to add to our team. They're all going to compete, which is the biggest thing we like out of all the players we've added. You watch them on tape, they all have very competitive natures of how they play, and that's the biggest thing to us right there. As far as our previous relationships with these players, that's not going to give them an edge or an advantage over any player that's on this roster or that we're going to add at any point to this roster. We're always going to play the best player. We're always going to play the player that gives us the best opportunity to match up with an opponent by that week's game plan. You know, And I'd say the players that are coming in should know that about us already. 
They don't expect special treatment. I've had the opportunity to talk to all these players individually when we sign them. Uh, the message is very clear. You know, the expectations for them are the same as everybody else on this team. No one at this point on the roster has an advantage over anybody else for a spot on this team. Hey, Joe, it's Art. How you doing? Hey, Art. What's going on, man? Um, I'm just curious. I know, you know, going back to the combine, and obviously we understand the circumstances that have taken place the last month and a half, but, you know, you had talked about how important it was for you to be able to be on site and be at Pro Days and dig into guys personally and seeing them. Have you, in the adjustment of what you've done pre-draft, have you done anything different to kind of dig into guys that, you know, to kind of make up for what you personally lost in your evaluation of some of these prospects getting ready for the draft? Well, what we've done is we've used everything available to us to really go ahead and get the best picture of each player. So I can tell you, losing the visits to to your campus or to go to the player's campus and watch them in a pro day, You've really got to utilize these meetings online. It gives you an opportunity to at least look the player in the eyes as you talk. I'm very big on body language. I'm very big on eye contact. And at least you have the opportunity to look a player in the eye as you ask him a question and see his reaction. So that's big right there. It gives you a good picture of how they are as far as talking ball, how much they can learn and teach back to you. And the other thing we've had to do is rely on our contacts and people that we trust. And we're very fortunate on our staff and me personally that we have a lot of contacts out there with a lot of these players that have coached them, and that we have good enough relationships with these you know, coaches that they give us honest feedback. And to me, it's important not just talking to someone at that program, but talking to someone you trust in that program. That's going to really tell you inside and out what that player is like as a person, as a teammate, and as a player on a daily basis. I've spent a lot of time on the phone talking to guys that I have very good, very deep relationships with, investigating these players, and that all goes into our evaluation. You know, the talent level is one thing, but it's it's more than just fantasy football. We're not just throwing players on a roster. We're building a team. And we've got to account for how guys are in the meeting room, how they are in the locker room, how they interact with their teammates, and what they're going to bring from a culture standpoint. Thanks, Joe. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. I'm, I'm Brian, curious, with that in mind, Joe, when, when you look at, um, you know, the familiarity of how coaches you have on staff, how much I need, I need you to repeat that. I love to take question. No, sorry, with that in mind, with your answer to Art about the familiarity with guys and your comfort with college coaches, with the college coaches you have on staff, how much more valuable does that make their insight when you're talking about players that maybe they coach or coach against? Um, you don't necessarily need to go to those outside coaches and kind of help bridge that gap between being on campus and, and not. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a great asset for us. And one of the things you forget about in this whole process of the guys that we have that have just come from college within the last couple of years, maybe just in this year right here, is maybe they haven't coached them directly, but they've recruited them, and they have personal relationships with these players. You, know, you find out a lot about a player from a coach who's dealt a lot of time meeting him, his family, and really the homework that they've done over the course of really a year plus when they are recruiting in college is more beneficial than you spending an afternoon at a pro day with them. It's been a great resource with, for us. We have tremendous guys on our staff who, look, they were great recruiters in college. That's not going to mean anything in the NFL. But we can use what they've learned in the past about a specific player to tie in what we see him as a whole person. Joe, it's Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. Uh, hey, Ryan. Could you just give us, hey, Joe. Could you just give us an idea 
how next Thursday, Friday, Saturday are going to work for you? Are you going to be locked in that basement? Are you going to? I actually read a quote from the Chargers GM that he's going to have his kids help him out, like tracking other teams' picks and stuff. Is it going to just be you isolated in your basement talking on video chat with Dave and the scouts? How do you envision the actual three days of the draft working? Well, I'll have a I'll have a more accurate picture for you after we go through a couple mock drafts ourselves as an organization with the league. Uh, however, uh, I have told my kids that, you know, there's times I'm going to need them to get out of the basement. There's nothing to be present. You know, based on how we set up our draft board, that I can have a visual in my in my, uh, in my my basement. You know, I've already talked to them about possibly taking tags off the wall and, and organizing different things. Uh, I'm not looking to make this a vacation for anybody. We've got a lot of serious work to get done. But it is still our house, and like everyone else in America is finding out, you know, everyone's working with their family always present, and that's uh, that's pretty true for us. I got a golden retriever sits on a couch next to me for about 15 hours a day, so you know, right now she could probably tell you more about who we're going to take in the first round than anybody else. <laughs> Joe, Tom Canavan with the AP. Is the goal of virtual learning simply to know the playbook, or is it this is how we want to practice? This is how we want to do everything. Well, all those elements will eventually tie into it. The first part of it ties into the playbook and the material. Eventually, we will talk as a team in terms of how we're going to conduct the team, how we're going to practice. It's important the players don't only know what you're going to do, but how you're going to do it. And that will come into the coordinators, explain to them our style of offense, our style of defense, our style of special teams, of how we're going to look. And they have to understand where they're going to fit into the puzzle. We've got time for two more questions. Coach has got to get to another meeting. Hey, Joe, this is Ralph Bacchiano from SNY again. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty looking forward about whether you'll get to training camp or the season. Um, I know a lot of coaches plan out their schedule months in advance. I'm going to assume that you probably do the same thing. How much have you had to revise um, you know, your future plans, or are you just holding off on making any future plans at the moment? Well, it's my job to be prepared. As the head coach, I've got to have a plan for everything that's going to come up. So, look, when we got the uh, the memo from the NFL the other day of how the spring's going to look, you know, I sat down, we've made four calendars already. And in anticipation of different scenarios that could come up, and we've got them color-coded. So, look, if we get the players as scheduled, we're working off a blue calendar. If we don't get the players all working off a red calendar, if we get them later in the spring, we can pull out the purple calendar. So we've got different scenarios mapped out, so we have a plan of attack when that time comes. It's our job to figure it out you know, and have a plan for the players. And we're working on doing that right now. Joe, what's your message to the to the fans of the New York football giants right now? You know, the, the biggest thing is beyond football, guys, is, you know, I hope everyone out there is safe. I hope everyone is healthy. I hope everyone can stay in good spirits. We're doing our best right here to, to get back to work for you guys so you have something to watch and be proud of. I can assure you, uh, we're going to make sure that, you know, the hard work that they have in their communities and the things that people are looking forward to getting back to in normal life resumes. We're going to make sure that, you know, what they've been anticipating, that we put that on the field, we give them a product they can be proud of. You know, Coach, I'd like to thank, thank all, and, you know, I want to thank all the first responders too. listen to police, fire department, every doctor, every nurse, ambulance driver. You know, you find out how essential life is, how about essential employees, that how we really would be, you know, struggling to function without people to do the everyday things for us. And, uh, look, it's tough sitting in your house. It's a lot tougher going out there every day, being exposed to the virus and doing your job and then having to go home and look your family in the eye. 
and we can't take lightly the sacrifice of those people are making for us, and we appreciate it. Coach, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Pat.